Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Kim, and I hope you're having a fabulous day today. Thanks for being here. When Christy showed up to pick up her daughter from where she was living with her dad, Kamari was over the moon excited to spend some quality time with her mother she loved unconditionally. Christy had other plans. Kamari's drug-addicted mother, wanting to get her next fix, decided the best trade would be her five-year-old daughter, Kamari Holland. Kamari's hope of having a night with her mom turned into her last night alive. Quick warning, today we're going to be talking about another very crimey child case. If you are sensitive to said topic, I will see you in the next one. Everything in this video is alleged as they have not gone to trial yet. On December 13, 2021, Christy Sipple called Columbus, Georgia 911 to say her little girl Kamari was missing. She said when she woke up around 3 a.m., her little girl was safe and sound asleep next to her. But when she woke up again at 6 a.m., five-year-old Kamari wasn't sleeping in the bed next to her. So she got up, went looking, and found that the front door was standing wide open. When the police came out to investigate, they immediately issued a missing persons alert for Kamari. Only a few hours later, they were given a tip that led them to a man named Jeremy Williams. While looking for Jeremy Williams, they were told that he was staying at the Bamboo Motel just over the border from Columbus, Georgia in Phoenix, Alabama. When they got to the hotel, the receptionist told them that Jeremy and his uncle had just checked in 30 minutes earlier. They went to the room and arrested Jeremy with no further incident. Then they headed to his last address, which was on 15th Avenue in Phoenix City, and the house was vacant. And because they had cause, they entered it and did a search of this property. They found Kamari's body dead, very cold and battered, alone in this abandoned house. But how did we get from Christy reporting her as missing all the way to Jeremy. Kamari Laness Holland was born on November 23, 2016 in Columbus, Georgia to her mom, Christy Sipple, and her dad, Corey Holland. Kamari had two older brothers from a different dad and a little brother, Corey Jr. Kamari had just started pre-K on August 16, 2021 at Just for Kids with her teacher, Mrs. Robertson. Her teacher and her grandma both said that Kamari was a prankster. She loved to pull pranks on her brothers and then her classmates and teacher. She also loved princesses and that just happened to be her nickname. Kamari and Corey Jr. lived with their dad, Corey Sr., who had custody of them, also in Phoenix City. Christy was only supposed to see the kids on scheduled weekends and only with CPS supervised visits. We can't get into the whole record on Christy and her dealings with CPS, but she had also been charged with chemical endangerment of a child because her child was born on February 2nd, 2018, and this child had marijuana and meth in their system. Christy had not gone to court for those charges yet. However, she wasn't supposed to have the kids 
at her house, alone, unsupervised. Kamari's dad, Corey, said that on Sunday, December 12th, Christy had stopped by his house. He wasn't even going to answer the door, but Kamari saw her outside and got very excited to see her, and so he opened the door for her. So he lets her in reluctantly, and he said that she didn't seem high at the time. She seemed to be okay. So he let her visit with Kamari and Corey while he was back in his bedroom. Previously, Christy had lost custody because of the substance abuse issues. Corey said that after a while, Corey said that after a while of them visiting, Kamari came running into his room and said in a very excited voice, I'm going to spend the night with mommy. He went out to talk to Christy and he said if she was going to take Kamari, then she was also going to have to take Corey as well. He said that she didn't seem to want to do that, that she only wanted to take Kamari, but she gave in and agreed to take them both. Remember, Christy was not supposed to be alone without a CPS worker specifically being present. At no point did he believe either of his children were in danger. He said he knew that they weren't supposed to go with her, but when he looked at his little girl's excited face, he just couldn't say no. So this brings us to the point where Christy called 911, they found Kamari's body, and then were to the very next day after Kamari's death. Christy showed up to a toy drive with her, I hate to say it this way, but her dead child's toys to donate. I can tell you personally, I wouldn't have even been able to get out of bed at this point, let alone go to a public toy drive. And I know before anybody says it in the comments, Everyone grieves differently. We sometimes see parents who keep their deceased children's toys in rooms exactly how they were when they went missing or were killed for years, sometimes decades. And we see other parents who just want, you know, they don't want the visual reminder. I get it, there's two sides of it, but I just could not imagine the day after doing what Christy did, but you guys tell me your thoughts. She identified herself as Kamari Holland's mommy to reporters that were there. Now, when Kamari went missing, a little five-year-old just before Christmas, she was on every newscast. So when Christy showed up there with the toys to donate, there was a news crew there filming the toy drive. I personally think she knew this, that's exactly why she went there. There was a gag order issued on this case, but Christy was already being drugged through the mud on the news, and she wanted to change that. She wanted to change public's perception to get her side out there. This is that interview. Okay. I'm Kamari Holland's mommy, and she wouldn't want nothing in the world but to donate her toys to another little child that was in need because she was a very healthy child. Oh, she looked like such a sweet little girl. She was a very sweet child. She was beautiful. Sweet soul. And this is 
I seen this and I touched my heart. So I stopped. That's what she was. Mommy, let, let's help that mommy. She's like that. Let me hold your She's key. like that. She, um, we, we were at the gas station one time and we seen a family out there and one of the little girls didn't have shoes on. And she said, mommy, we can help them, mommy, because I have so many pair of shoes at home, mommy. Let's, let's, let's give them my shoes, mommy. And of course we gave them her shoes because okay. she's that caring. She had a heart. She had a... She had a spirit that she's been here before, and she was a blessing. She is a blessing. What say to our viewers about life short? Definitely keep your loved ones close. You never know when it's going to be the end. And I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with my daughter's disappearance or murder. I would never. She was my life. Of course she was. She's your baby girl. Exactly. Like, whoever can do that is just disturbing. Very sick in the head. Thank you. Someone that has to repeat, I had nothing to do with it, in my opinion, had something to do with it. My opinion, again. She was filmed and she would say, I'm Kamari Holland's mommy. She was my life. I lived for her daily. She was my only girl. I have three boys and her. She was just the sweetest girl in the world. You could not harm the little girl because she was so innocent. She was smart. Like something a grieving mother would say, perhaps. Well, there's more to unpack here, folks, and I'm sorry, but this is where it's going to get really bad. How did they find Kamari? Like I said, there was a gag order on this case, but there are a few things we know, and we did find indictments. See, on December 28th, 2021, Christy Sipple, aka Hoskins, not exactly sure why she had multiple last names, but she was arrested by U.S. Marshals at the local Circle K. Why in the world would they arrest a grieving mother, you would ask? A Russell County woman arrested in the murder of her five-year-old daughter, Christy Sipple, is facing four felony charges, including murder and human trafficking in connection to the death of Kamari Hollins. I have Christy's indictment. And it is the single most terrifying thing I've read. Christy Sipple, the grieving mom, was charged and arrested with trafficking her daughter to Jeremy Williams for sexual purposes. Ugh, I can barely even say it. Purposes. After I picked my jaw off the ground when I read that, I kept going. See, they found Jeremy and Kamari very, very fast. In some of these cases, th these kids aren't found for months, sometimes years, and, and in other cases, just never, they're never found. They've said that according to Christie's cell phone records, it shows she had a relationship. It doesn't appear to be a romantic relationship with Jeremy Williams, and I think that Jeremy likes his girlfriends a lot, like a lot, lot younger. What kind of relationship they have is still unclear, but perhaps he was her dealer, and that's just a guess. We know she had substance abuse issues. Perhaps he was her pimp. 
We do not know about that because Christy was never arrested for sex work. However, we do know that some things about Jeremy Williams. If you go back just months earlier in August of 2021, Jeremy Williams was charged with assault family, violence, and third-degree cruelty to a child. He had pled not guilty to this, but it had not been completed yet. So we do not know the outcome of that. This offense was because he slapped his wife in front of his children. Going back just a bit further in 2009, he was charged with aggravated child abuse because he allegedly doused a three-year-old into a pot of boiling water. It was so hot it burned the skin off of the legs and his bottom. This went to court and the defense said that the three-year-old pulled the burning pan with scalding water over himself. He was found not guilty. Yes, I am angry. Okay, a bit further back on this waste of flesh in 2005 in the North Pole, Alaska, he was living there while his wife worked for on the Air Force Base. Apparently, his one-month-old daughter, Nadia Williams, died of blunt force trauma. The Air Force and the North Pole Police said they had a lack of evidence, so no one was charged, and they closed the case. Right there, I see two times that the justice system had a chance to stop this monster before he ever learned Kamari's name, and they didn't. Now that he's been arrested for this, the North Pole Police have reopened that case and are watching very closely. So what are the charges? Jeremy is being charged with capital murder while in the course of kidnapping, capital murder while in the course of rape, capital murder while in the course of sodomy, child pornography, and abuse of a corpse. Before I go on, there are a couple things to explain. First, the charge of capital murder. They can sentence him to the death penalty if the prosecutor uses that charge, and he has already said that he will. So he could be looking at the death penalty at this time. Also, the child pornography charge is because he filmed him himself assaulting Kamari. Reports do say that the abuse of a corpse charge is because on his indictment at list, he filmed himself assaulting Kamari both before and after death. The police did say she was strangled with a ligature, which means not with his hands, but either with a rope, a piece of her clothing, um, something like that. Also, they did say that the time of death was going to be severely affected because of the extreme cold that was, you know, she was left in. This was December in Alabama, so it was very, very cold. Now for her mommy's charges. Kamari Holland's mommy. Now with Christy Sipple's charges, she was charged with everything that he was charged with, but also she was charged with human trafficking and conspiracy to commit human trafficking. Her charges are not listed as capital crimes. Uh, that is the one difference, but she is looking at a life in prison without parole. And I think we can all agree she deserves that. She earned that charge. She is selfish and gross. And that is my clinical diagnosis by someone who is nobody. Somebody that has a camera sitting in her chair. 
If you notice, she is charged with him with exactly what he was. There is a theory, theory sounds be better than a rumor, but you know, take it for whatever it's worth, that she was there when it happened. Oh my, remember they have a recording and she potentially could be on it. I am so curious to what happens with this and it just makes it just even worse when you think this case cannot get any worse. Someone told them that she made an agreement, she trafficked her daughter, but it does not say on the indictment what she was given. So it's hard to say what it is. It, you know, it potentially could have been drugs, but we just don't know. It could be a debt or it could be something even more darker that she was involved and she got off on this type of thing. I know, I'm sorry, but we just don't know. So we have to cover all of the options. Her first indictment reads, Christy Sippel did knowingly obtain, recruit, entice, solicit, induce, threaten, isolate, harbor, hold, restrain, transport, provide, or maintain a minor, Kamari Holland, a child under the age of 18, to engage in sexual servitude. Then the conspiracy, it reads, Christy Sippel did agree with one or more person, Jeremy Williams, to knowingly, unlawfully engage or cause the conduct of performance of human trafficking in the first degree. Christy Sippel did engage in an overt act by agreeing to sell or provide Kamari Holland, a child under 18 years of age, for sexual servitude or sexual acts. The indictment right there says that police know that she willingly traded her daughter. She knew what she was going to use her for, and she did it anyway. The only thing that the indictment does not tell us is what Christy got in return. However, the grand jury didn't need to hear what that was, what she got in return. They indicted her anyway. Christy had pled not guilty. Jeremy, however, has pled not guilty by the reason of mental disease or defect. They know it's not ready for trial. There's so many more capital murder cases in this county ready for trial, and there's so much to be done in this case. Uh, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, we'll do what we got to do to make sure his constitutional rights are protected and he's uh, given due process of law. So yes, he's pretty much admitting he did it, probably because they have the video, but saying he's not responsible. He is claiming the insanity defense. Give me a break, which doesn't seem to bother the prosecuting attorney. He took it in stride and said they have a compelling case uh, to take it to court. They're ready to go to court already. Usually the prosecution needs months. They usually need to dig into backgrounds and they need witnesses. Well, the background, sadly, I'm pretty sure they won't be able to bring any of that in because the crime in Alaska, he was never charged. The dipping of the child in the boiling water, he was acquitted of. So they can't use them as prior bad acts. The charge of him slapping his wife, well, that case hasn't been heard yet, but I bet they couldn't bring that in either. The only thing that they could bring in possibly 
would be the conviction of sexual assault or a conviction for hurting a child, and Jeremy doesn't have any of those yet. The latest news as of October 31st, 2022, according to Russell County District Attorney-elect, Jeremy Williams has a new charge that included rape, sodomy, and sexual abuse of a child. These charges are for a separate incident involving another child under the age of six. How many victims are out there of Jeremy? We clearly see a pattern of abuse in that type of predilection. So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he has just a, a list of of victims and that just breaks my heart. An investigation reveals several indictments happened this summer before Williams allegedly murdered Holland. The relationship between Williams and the child are unclear right now. I'm sure more info will come out but it is clear if it isn't already that Jeremy is a dangerous predator and should spend the rest of his life at the least, in prison. Kamari's dad is pretty angry at the defense. In fact, he is currently trying to get a law passed so that it is illegal to use the insanity defense after committing a heinous crime on a child. And that sounds good, but I don't think he'll ever get it passed. Even the prosecuting attorney acknowledged that anyone accused of a crime gets to be evaluated for mental stability if they so choose. Corey Holland is starting a nonprofit in honor of his daughter's initials. Can all men accept real love instead of evil? He said it would help three different organizations that deal with addiction and also children. It's in its beginning stages, but he is doing everything he can to keep his daughter's name in the public's mind. He said, quote, we will ask that you continue to make your news about her and the justice she deserves. That is my point today, you guys. No one is talking about Kamari. We've had a few coverages done on her. Her story is dark, I get it. And a lot of details are not easy to talk about or easy to listen to. That's why we have to. Kamari went through something incredibly horrific and we have to talk about it and remember it for her. There is someone else in this story. An unnamed woman went to the police and said that on December 11th, she had gotten into a fight with her boyfriend and had nowhere to stay. A friend had told her that about Jeremy, so she went to stay with him. She said she went to his home on 1029 Dozier Street in Columbus, but when she got there, it felt weird and off. She was already feeling uncomfortable right after showing up. She said Jeremy took her cell phone and drove her to this abandoned house. As she was there, she got into the door. Jeremy immediately shoved a freezer in front of the door, effectively blocking it. He grabbed her from behind and then assaulted her. Now, she said during the assault, he called her Kamari's name. And after the assault, he told her, or maybe bragged to her, that he had taught a five-year-old little girl named Kamari how to perform oral sex. And he was proud. He was bragging. 
of the things that he had done to her. Now remember, this was the night before Kamari died. That has to be the weirdest and most disturbing flex I have ever heard. And how long has he been assaulting Kamari? Was this a regular thing that Christy would pick Kamari up for? This unnamed woman must be looking at him like, what the f is wrong with you? This same woman won her freedom by telling him where they could find drugs together. He then drove her to a gas station where she said she needed to use the bathroom. He made her leave her ID and her phone in his car, but let her go in to use the restroom. She happened to have a second phone with her and was able to call for help. She also reached out to the people in the store. Eventually, Jeremy noticed that something was going on and he just, he booked it. He got the heck out of there. But she did end up calling the police that night and told them the details. And they had just started investigating this case when Kamari went missing. So this case was already started when she heard Kamari's name and then they found out that Kamari was missing. So I'm wondering if that was the link or if it was cell phone. I think it was cell phone, but anyways, anyways. This case, this individual, they might be able to introduce at Kamari's trial. It depends on how the case proceeds. The judge ordered a gag order to protect this case. This is common in cases where children are killed in especially brutal ways. At least we know Christy and Jeremy are being held without any bond. Stay there. Now I know we want more information and we want it now, but it is going to take some time for it to get to trial. When a case has the death penalty attached, the defense has to have their time to gather mitigation, basically life information that would keep his client from being sentenced to death. I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on this case. It is a strange one. This case stuck with me when I heard it. Like me and my niece um, went out to eat and we were walking back and it's been on my mind like crazy. And she doesn't like true crime. Like she doesn't watch the true crime thing. She especially does not like children cases. And so, but I had to tell her about this one. And the whole time I'm telling her, she's like, stop, stop telling me. But I just was so shocked in how awful it was and how it has layers and layers of just, it gets worse and a little bit worse. And it's just like, can you believe she did this? And then this happened. And then and it, my niece was like, oh my gosh, it, it, it sticks with you. It, you don't imagine that there's people out there, especially parents and as a mother, that there are people out there that actually do this willingly to their children where others do everything in their power to prevent it from happening. It's just so against any thought pattern I have in my mind. I, it's just surprising. And I know that we come across these cases, but still it's each one, it gets to me all the same. It's just like, wow, really? It's just a very sad loss all around for everybody. Well, if you guys have made it to the end, you guys are rock stars and I love you to death. Stay safe, my loves. And remember, 
you see something, say something. And I'll see you in my next one. Bye.